Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. The podcast is not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write, which is not very frequently, because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I am so glad you're here. Today, I'm going to be talking with you a little bit further about how Jesus calls us to handle difficult situations. I want to read a passage to you from John chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 24 through 30, and I'm reading in my ESV Bible, which is the English Standard Version. So it says in verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, is my soul troubled? What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood watching, heard it, said it was like thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. There is so much in this little passage that I read to unpack. I want to kind of give you a little bit of backspace, um, backstory going up to this passage. So this was recently before this was written, what had taken place was Lazarus had died and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. And at the same time, the Passover was beginning. And so Jesus was doing the Passover, and then at that point, this is where he rode on the donkey, and people were getting the palm branches and laying them across the road and singing and crying out Hosanna and praising him and, you know, accepting him, and that was all just, you know, right before we get to the time of coming up on the crucifixion. And so this little passage is happening during the feast and Jesus is speaking and he's saying, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. That speaks to me and it gets me thinking. We often view the things in our life that we hold dear, that we hold close, that we love and cherish, 
as things that we need to keep. For instance, and I go back to this often, my my son or any one of my children that died, I very much viewed them as mine. I very much viewed them as something that I should keep, I needed to keep, maybe possibly even unconsciously that I deserved to keep. That somehow the previous suffering that I had been through warranted a stay of God's hand. A stay of whatever his will was if it didn't line up with me getting to keep my children. Another instance would be my mental health. Thinking that it wasn't right, that it wasn't fair to be misdiagnosed at age 11. Thinking, believing that I should have retained my mental stability and been able to live a normal and healthy life. These are examples of a grain of of wheat that if it doesn't fall into the earth and die, it remains alone. We see things from a very one-sided perspective. That's why it's so hard to trust Jesus. That's why it's so hard to be obedient in the face of a lack of understanding or a lack of um, insight as to what's going to happen and how things will play out because our perception is extremely limited. And so we are constantly getting caught up in the human sight that we have, the human logic that we have, the human ability to perceive the spiritual, especially when it's limited by heightened emotions, grief, sorrow, pain, uh, a sense of being disturbed, fear, any, any number of things can make our already limited ability to see the Lord and his goodness and compromise it even more. But this verse, to me, is speaking. This is is Jesus. He's actually talking about his time that he came to the earth and specifically the time that he was going to be crucified on the cross. So Jesus is in this verse, he's talking about himself Unless the grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So even Jesus knew, even Jesus knew that the most painful thing that he was going to experience, the wrath of God over all the sin, the brutality of all of the people which he created to love and to serve him, the terrible, filthy lies and accusations, and not to mention all of that, but the physical pain. The Bible says his body was not recognizable. It was not recognizable when they were done beating him and flogging him that he was even human. And Jesus is knowing at that point that that is why he's here. Everything else that happened was working to get him to that point. And so whatever in your life you are feeling that you can't let go of, you you can't entrust that to Jesus that you deserve to keep it or that 
it shouldn't be happening this way or that why would a good God allow this or why would Jesus not have done that? I want to encourage you that your sight is most probably limited by the pain you're feeling and the human that you are. And I would encourage you to trust the words of Jesus when he says that unless a grain of wheat, whatever that is, a grain is very small. We picture everything that we hold dear as so big and life-changing and, you know, we can't give this up or we just won't be able to A, B, C, and D. But Jesus is comparing it to a grain of wheat. It's small in perspective of the eternal purposes of God and in perspective of what God wants to do in your life and for you and through you and to you when you obey and when you completely surrender, it's incredible what that little grain of wheat, when it finally falls off, goes under the ground and dies, or in human terms, when we finally give up that grasping and we surrender to Jesus. We surrender whatever it is. If it's the life of your child, if it's the job, if it's the spouse, if it's the diagnosis, whatever it is. When we let that go and it falls down and we allow Jesus to have his way, it's going to bear much fruit. The amount of wheat that grows from one tiny, tiny little grain is incredible. And not only is it incredible how much grain comes from that little kernel of grain, it's incredible to see the, the reach. So it's not just the quantity, but it's the the space that it takes up, the reach that it has, how far that it goes. Whoever loves his life loses it. I talked about this last time, the loving of our life. And friends, I don't know that there's anything harder than getting our focus off of ourselves. But what else gets in our way? when we can't trust Jesus, when we can't be obedient, when we feel like we can't uh, surrender and trust who he is and what he says that, you know, he will do for us. It's self. We think this. We need that. We want this. We demand this. We deserve this. We shouldn't have to do this. We should have it at this time in this way and this through this function and this person and this itself. And so it's saying that whoever loves his life, whoever loves his ways more than the ways of God is going to lose his life. And the losing of his life doesn't mean salvation if you're saved, but it means the deep relationship with Jesus and the purposes of God will be short-circuited if we don't cooperate and follow along with what Jesus has called and ordained to happen in our life. It is a mixture, a mixture, a mixture, a mixture of our cooperation 
in the face of sinfulness, in the face of humanity, and the power and the presence and the helping of the Holy Spirit, of God Almighty, his perfection and limitlessness. Then it goes on to say, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. So that's indicating that we can be serving God in God's name, working for God, working and claiming and proclaiming and starting and doing and making, and we can be far from the Lord. And what can get in our way? Self. Self is the main thing, and self can be broken down into many different subcategories. But it says, if anyone serves me, he must follow who? Me. Not, if anyone serves me, he can do what he feels is good and right in my name. No, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there will my servant be also. So there is a a very clear picture here being painted that our service to the Lord is dependent upon our obedience to him and our obedience to him is dependent upon the fact that we recognize him as being the core pursuit of our life and the core purpose of our life, which means less and less of us and a quicker realization when we have slipped over into working for ourselves, exalting ourselves, protecting ourselves, keeping ourselves, going for ourselves, doing it for ourselves, all of those things we recognize quicker and we turn away from it and get back to serving Jesus by following Jesus, by being obedient to Jesus, by having Jesus be the sole purpose and focus of our lives. And then the meat of this, this this just haunted me. And, you know, scripture does stuff to me all the time, but the level that this penetrated my heart when I read it, there aren't really words to describe. Now, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Wow. How many times have you prayed, Jesus, save me from this. Jesus, heal me from this. Jesus, take me out of this. Jesus, provide a way. Jesus, comfort me. Bring me out. Take me away. Heal this. Fix this. I don't want this. I know that it is about every single thing that I pray. That is part of it. When is the last time that we let the truth of God so permeate our lives that we could with full confidence and assurance know that this difficult hour you are in for this purpose you have come to this hour that the name of God would be glorified. If Jesus himself could say that about the cross, Can we not also be assured that through death, through life, through any pain or suffering that we would ever go through, 
that it is for this purpose that we have come to this hour and that the name of God will be glorified. And we can see the type of glorifying of the name of God that happened through Jesus's ultimate submission and obedience to go to the cross. And we see the outcome of that. Can we not know on some deep level that whatever hour we face, that is the hour we were made to face. That is the hour that God intended by whatever means and ends he sees fit to show himself victorious. That the name of God would be glorified. This takes the aspect of happenstance or chance or floundering from your problems and your pain. It takes that and it wipes it out tenfold. And it shows you that not only is there purpose and a plan for the hard things that you face, but that you were created and brought to the moment for victory. And so what if victory ends up looking like human defeat? I guarantee you, if you were obedient, the name of God will be glorified and the outcome will be immeasurable. Nothing, nothing that happens to you is without great intention and purpose. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Whatever hour you are at, friend, the Lord has brought you to it and he intends to go through it with you and to change you through it and for his name to be glorified. I can't tell you the outcome, but I can assure you that even through death, death on a cross, the outcome of the glorification of God the Father was so incredibly powerful and immeasurable. It happened over 2,000 years ago, and we are still talking about it today. It is still changing lives. It is still impacting people, and your pain will not be wasted either. Your victory is possible no matter the human circumstances if you submit to go through the hour that God has called you to, taking his hand and just being obedient. His word promises you that. His word states it very clearly. And it shows that nothing in your life is bad luck. Nothing in your life is out of the blue and you just can't get it right. No, you were born and created for this purpose, this hour at which you are at. And this hour will lead you to the next hour and it will lead you to the next hour because your entire existence is carefully created and made with such intricate passion and love and purpose that you can't even conceive it or perceive it. And so it's easy to doubt it. But you remember that just because your view is limited doesn't mean that God is not working and that his arm is too short. His name will be glorified and it has the power to be glorified through your humble situation if you just surrender to Jesus. A voice came from heaven and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. 
And the crowd that stood there and heard it said it sounded like thunder. And others say, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. What does that mean when Jesus says that that voice had come for their sake, not his? I believe that Jesus didn't need constant reassurance of God's presence and power in his life because of his personal knowledge and relationship and belief in God. He knew who God was and he chose to believe it in the face of every possible adversity, time of sorrow, time of loss, time of need. He knew and chose to believe who God was. All throughout scripture, we see Jesus leaning on, comforting himself and standing upon his belief in the truth, the truth about Father God. So when Jesus gives us reassurance, it's not because he needs to be reassured or he needs to have it said. He is doing it for our sake because he knows, he knows that we're weak. But he calls us to be strong. And friend, you and I, we can both more and more determine to stand on the truth to comfort ourselves with the truth and to hold fast to what we know about God. I want to leave you with this. Remember, remember that the word of God says to you personally, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Whatever this hour is for you, you are there on purpose for a purpose because of a God that loves you. Give in to whatever he is wanting from you. Know in your heart that he is worth every tear you've ever cried and that he remains faithful and true to himself and to his word. And he said that he is going to give victory to you if you surrender to him and his name will be glorified. If you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to decide tonight, today, this afternoon, whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast, that you want to be saved and have an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't require anything from you. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to change. You don't have to be any different. You don't have to wait a month and try again. You can come as you are right now. All it takes is you believing that Jesus died for you on the cross for your sins and that his debt was enough. That you were a sinner in need of a savior and you want Jesus to come into your heart. If that is true for you, I'm going to end with a prayer and you can pray along with me and you can change the words to fit however you feel like you want to say it. There is no magical way to be saved by fancy words or eloquent thises or thats. Just come as you are. That is the way that Jesus receives you. That is the way that he wants you, as you are. Dear God, I see that I'm a sinner. I see all the ways that I let you down continually. 
I know and I recognize that I've tried to live my life on my own strength. I've tried to be good in my own power. And Lord, I can never do anything to bring a, a closure to this gap that's between you and I. Other than accepting the free gift of salvation that you have given through your precious son, Jesus, when he came and he died on the cross for my sins. Lord, I see that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and change me. Help me to begin to walk in a new way. Thank you for your gift of salvation, the free gift. Amen. God, I just thank you for this uh, time to be with my fellow listeners. I just pray that you would be with them this week, that you would encourage them and lift them up. I pray for all of the specific issues going on, Lord, that are stopping each individual listener from being fully submitted and obedient to you. I pray that you would empower them to see the things that are standing in their way to a right relationship with you and to full maturity. And Lord, I ask that you would enable them by the power of your Holy Spirit to put on their armor and to face this down, Lord, and to choose submission and obedience. Lord, that you would be victorious in each one of the list of my listeners' lives, Father. That you would show your name to be glorified through these people. That you would use each of them individually, and that individually you would reach out to them this week and give them a very clear picture and understanding of your life. And pray this in your name. Amen. Friends, be sure to come back next time and know that I welcome any questions, comments, or prayer requests, or any speaking inquiries you might have. You can reach me on the web at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Things. You're a treasure to me, and I will be praying for you. I can't wait to see you again next time.